0: Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery.
1: Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Gary. And I'm Mike. This is Daniel. And we are joined today by a special guest. To know him is to love him, and not to know him is to love him from afar. Shane, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Thank you very much. Not quite sure how to take that introduction, but good to be here. It, it was sincere. That might
1: not help clearing up how you should take it. But All right, so we're going to jump right back into our discussion on uh, uh, patterns that emerged Uh, For long-term recovery and the different points, we've covered uh, six up to now, and we're going to cover three more in this episode. And the first one we're going to talk about is um, if there was a primary relationship that the couple went to a 12-step group, such as Recovery Couples Anonymous. So couples worked together and went to programs to work on their recovery now, um, RCA, I don't know that we have an RCA group. Do you guys have any experience with this?
3: I don't have an <coughs> RCA experience, no. But I, uh, I, 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 I mean, there could be surrogates to some extent. And I think, I think there are a handful of things around in our neighborhood that, that allow <coughs> surrogate kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still doesn't replace what this is. This is a place where people come to work on things together. And I know, as, as Shane is building out his practice and talking about that, that's something I obviously would like to see added in our community. How how meaningful would that be for you, Shane, to have something like that in our area that you could refer clients to?
2: On a scale from 1 to 10, I'd rate it about a 12.
3: Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I think be it, would be, it. it
2: would be wonderful to have. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I run into often when I'm running my groups and, and doing work with addicts is... Uh, I challenge them weekly to share with their partner what they're learning in treatment. Uh, go through the book with them. Share with them all that you're gaining. At some point, you're going to say goodbye to me, and you're going to say goodbye to the groups and the treatment here, but your spouse will be <coughs> with you all the way through. They need to be that number one that number one support. So the ability to go through, such as an RCA group, uh, Recovering Couples Anonymous, um, is phenomenal, and being able to work those, those 12 steps forward, for couples together. There are some surrogates out there, Uh, many of the Christian religions have developed um, several of their own. I'm familiar with a few here in our area here. Um, But again, I'm I'm such a fan of the true 12-step program that I would love to see a good solid RCA group formed in our area here. There are some that are online. Uh, I know that many of my addicts and their partners are concerned about getting online and and doing much just because of what that's meant in the past with their addiction but um but even the online rca groups are good there is a facebook page for rca um so there are some good resources out there for people to be able to get involved in some of this
3: interesting yeah this is something that i know very little about but but you know i don't know that we necessarily knew about a 12-step program much until we really kind of got that moving in our area as well Do you know so. i can
1: i can speak a little bit to this in that I'm um, very early in my recovery my wife did such a good job at realizing and accepting that she had her own work yes. to do too, and she yes. owned that. And we did a lot of that work together. In fact, one of our one of our favorite books, and you guys are familiar with this, the Gentle Path through the Twelve Steps. Yeah, that's a really kind of a of a kind of an addiction neutral kind of walk through the Twelve Steps. But it's written in such a way that um, you know your partner could have a copy of that yes. and go through it as a as a uh, yeah co-addict or or codependent and that's one of the things I love about the 12 steps when you apply them in your life it's just a really really good way to change your life for the positive but and then you know Christian I did a lot of work together and you're gonna have to take that name out in this whole section where I'm talking about nothing okay you've had enough time (laughs) my wife and I did a lot of work together and it, it made all the difference in the world. I mean, it was so nice. We would go to different yeah. seminars and different classes and things like that. And then to be able to come home and process that, and then apply that in our life that week, made all the difference in the world. Yeah. And it also kind of created a, a new a recovery nomenclature where we could, where she would understand what it was when I was struggling with something or the language that I was using. And it I, I can't begin to tell you what a huge help that was for our relationship.
3: I great. think that would be very relevant in mine. I know that, that, that my wife has done her work, uh, her own independent work. Because like, like we've mentioned before, my crazy caused her crazy. And, and so she's been very honest and open about trying to do her recovery work. And I'm working, of course, my recovery work. And she's very supportive of me. But we've yet to do our recovery work. And that's obviously the next step. So I can see some wisdom in this. I don't know. I'm a little uncomfortable about the online environment. Tell me a little bit more about that, Shane. Is that is that is, is it successful? Is it not successful? Is it uh, uh, would that be something that would be relevant for even some of, uh, some of us to get involved with?
2: I'm I'm a bit of a purist. I like a, an in-person experience more so than than an online experience. But uh, I'm also a fan of of anything is better than nothing sure. when it comes yeah, to sure. these kind of situations. And so um, taking advantage of what you have available, I mean, a lot of our people in, in very rural areas in their states or countries or, you know, this, this podcast is heard worldwide at this point now that many of these people may not have access to anything else except uh, an online kind of presence. Yeah. And so I would certainly advocate for that as opposed to nothing. Yeah. So that's a great point. if you live in a, a suburban area or a... a an area where you have access to to something in person, I would certainly say that's a better option. Yeah. So, very good. Great point. Uh, let's move on.
3: Let's do. Okay.
2: All right.
1: They developed a spiritual life. Now, I think we teased this a little bit in our last episode. We started to talk a little bit about it, but it goes on to say that um, what their spiritual life consisted of was as important as participating It or participating it. Oh my goodness, I cannot read. Practicing easy for you to say. Thanks, man. (laughs) Practicing it on a regular, even daily basis. Those whose spiritual life flourished were also usually active participants in a spiritual community. Now we talked a little bit about the importance of um, addressing, you know, the your religion of, you know, what you grew up with, and we've also talked uh, to pretty. Pre to a pretty great extent the importance of not throwing the baby out with the bath water that there might be something there that you need to consider and yeah. at least understand but it has been my experience <clears throat> that in recovery my spiritual life i mean i finally began to understand that my religion was intended as a tool to facilitate my spiritual growth and that's how i began to use it and it's made all the difference in the world
3: There's been an interesting, uh, uh, there's been a really clear division in those that I've seen working recovery. And that is, is that there are those who embrace the relationship with the higher power and understanding their faith, and maybe even attacking their faith of origin a faiths of their childhood kind of issues and moving forward, and there are those who just simply say, nope, I'm out of this, I can't, it was so painful when I went through it the first time that I have no intention of really sort of going back, or start looking for alternatives to that, and I, uh, uh, and that saddens me, that actually makes me sad, because I, it, it, um, this has been an area of tremendous opportunity and growth for me, and so me personally, this has been really, really uh, uh, important, and uh, I found incredible answers and, and, um, understanding in this particular area. So it saddens me to see anybody say, you know, that's it, I'm out. Um, because I think this is really a big part of a person's healthy recovery. Thoughts, Shane? You know, I, I, uh,
2: I want to reiterate, and I think I kind of touched on this in one of the previous, uh, segments, but, there's a big difference between religiosity and spirituality. Yes. Um, so this this becomes kind of a, a situation in our twelve step programming sometimes that is a, a turn off to those who may ascribe to atheism or even uh, agnostics, um, because we we have a tendency to first think religion yes. when we think about spirituality, and yet nothing could be further from the truth when we're talking about these pieces. Um, many of our religious people start there with their development of spirituality but if done correctly spirituality grows well beyond what the religion can tell you um, and so there's a place at this table for everyone if they will uh... take the time and opportunity to develop that spiritual connection uh, and i can't i can't begin to tell you what a driving force that's been even in my own recovery Um, I think I've shared with you guys before that around four years ago now, I I received a a prompting, if you will, to rework my Step 11. Step 11 is about improving my conscious contact with my higher power, seeking only for knowledge of His will in my life. And I've spent about four years working on that, um, and it's been tremendous in developing um, higher understanding from a spiritual nature of... um, my recovery, um, how to be able to utilize my higher power in that recovery, how to understand others from a different perspective. Uh, it's just been fantastic. So I want to make sure that nobody gets bogged down in the idea of, you know, spirituality as it pertains to maybe a religion or something like that.
3: It's a great idea. Great thought. Great thought. Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one.
1: Um, I, I think it's important to note that developing, um, a spiritual life is it's really necessary you know as far as the 12 step program yeah, is of, concerned it's a spiritual it's part of step 2 and yeah, 3 yeah it's,
0: it's part of a lot of the steps yeah, yeah. <laughs> step <Amazing>. 11 <laughs> yeah but to start out you gotta at least work yeah. through that in yeah. those two steps
2: it's tough to do step 11 well if you haven't done steps 1, 2, and 3 well
0: yeah <laughs> it's
2: true <laughs> so it's it's certainly
1: not something to be taken lightly right and I think Wherever you are and whatever your experience with religion or spirituality is, it's worth a really good hard think. And to really explore that and develop that, however that might look for you and whatever is going to work for you. But it's definitely something you need to do.
3: I think it's important to point out, too, that that so much of everything that we feel like we've experienced up to this point in time was shame-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that came from a face based kind of perception of things and yet everything about this program is moving away from that shame kind of concept so I think you hit it right on the head it's impossible really to do some of the later steps particularly step four I wouldn't recommend for anybody that they would have walked through step four and that and doing that that just that that soul-searching evaluation of things uh, without having done uh, without having done some work around steps two and three and feeling comfortable that this is not a shame-based pathway and yeah. I think that's important that's really critical
0: well I mean even with the spiritual life I mean you don't have to like oh this is the, my religion I mean uh, news of this last Saturday um, one of the members uh, played a, uh, a a podcast that was about Buddhism but it was all about acceptance and uh, it, was, it was wonderful I mean just Fantastic. looking at it from yeah. that point of view uh, instead of oh looking at it from the religion. It was just a concept that that religion uses and it's acceptable for all everything. And teaches pretty well. Yeah, it did a really great job at teaching acceptance. Uh, yes, unfortunately it did use a video game example, but it was Tetris. You know, instead of yelling at <laughs> what blocks came, just accept the pieces, you know, what life threw at you and just go with it, which I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was a fantastic presentation.
2: Eastern philosophy, um, holds a great deal of insight and opportunity for us in a recovery process so i, I wouldn't i wouldn't steer anyone away from understanding more around eastern philosophy work. i think i think opening
1: your self up to ideas and developing that spiritual life i think you're going to find wisdom in some very unusual places uh, certainly places that you never
3: you know thought to expect yeah, to find you're absolutely, right. I think you're absolutely right you're absolutely absolutely right Let's move on to the last. Oh, I think we've been avoiding this yeah. one. <laughs> this, is, this is the topic of which we all uh, we all shy away all from. All
1: right. The, the last point we're going to discuss is they actively worked to maintain regular exercise and good nutrition.
2: All right.
3: Tell us about those MMs you were pounding. In That's the right. You know, fits, how this fits into I that. I think that that falls
2: into the good nutrition <laughs> piece. You can always talk about lemon heads.
3: <laughs> I got to get rid of the candy out of my mouth really fast. Yeah. Yes, well, we can.
1: Okay. So, there, uh, okay. It makes sense. It makes sense um, to get yourself in a good place. It makes sense that, you know, physical health is going to be something. And I think at this point, and I'm, I'm not going to downplay. In fact, um, you know, this year, uh, I've really committed to this point. And, you know, just before we came and did this podcast, I was actually at my son's house and, and we were doing some stuff. I've, and I've already st- started to see improvements. A little, little improvements. So it's very encouraging. But I think that there's more to it than just regular exercise and nutrition. I think a lot of self-care also falls into
3: this. Absolutely. And even though
1: I have a lot of work as far as exercise and nutrition, I have noticed that my self-care in a lot of other aspects has dramatically improved over the
3: years of my recovery. Yeah. I think this is an interesting one because I think some of the things that came out of our early, early discussions were how much of our own self-care, how much of the just letting go of some normal hygiene sort of things – uh, that, that in our acting out years that we, uh, we neglected. Is that a common thing, Shane? Is that something that you see very often where somebody says, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm acting out, I've got this going on, and so hygiene is one of the first things that seems to go away, which includes exercise, mm-hmm. good nutrition, all of those things. Do you see a lot of that? When you start thinking about the
2: um, the effect of acting out behavior, the despair that comes at the end of our cycle, um, the self-loathing that follows any of those kind of pieces, it's easy for a person to start throwing off those. That's just another thing that takes up time in my day. And nobody cares about me anyway, so why do I need to worry about that? It doesn't matter if I stink. It doesn't matter if my hair is greasy. It doesn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank with what you want to there. I think that it's important for our listeners to remember that from a, from a biological and neurological standpoint, as your body goes, so goes your mind. As your mind goes, so goes your body, right? So part of having a sharp, clear mind and a recovery-focused experience means doing the best you can to take care of your physical body mm-hmm. um, because the two run hand in hand. And if one is struggling, the other will struggle. That's a great mm-hmm. point. I, mean, I, I try to come up with one once in
1: a while. <laughs> well you know, one of the one of the things that, that Shane has has taught me is that um you know, halt. You know, if you're if you're struggling, you're feeling triggered, halt that you know, am I hungry, am I angry, uh, lonely, tired? Yeah. You know? And two of those things are physical in nature. <clears throat> hungry and tired, you know, are physical in nature. And I have found I have found I can tell I can tell when I am in a good place when I'm taking the time to take care of myself and sometimes taking mer- care of myself means you know what I'm going to go up into that kitchen I'm going to take a half hour and I'm going to prepare something that's worth eating <laughs> because I'm worth that effort right you know or I'm going then I'm going to floss and brush my teeth afterward yes. and uh, something that I have noticed is that. Um, I have now begun to take comfort in that. You know, I find a great deal of comfort when I've gone through that routine because I I it was worth the effort to take care of myself. You yeah. know, yeah. Now, as my shape would
0: suggest, I still have a lot of work to do, but I'm working on it. Pear is a shape. Pear is a shape. I'm amazed at just you know, the simple concept of you know, going in, making my bed, cleaning up my room, yeah. cleaning off the counter in my bathroom, cleaning up the kitchen, you know, just the simple things in my apartment, making sure my apartment looks nice, uh, helps my day throughout the day. You know, Just going out for a walk around the apartment complex uh, gives me a boost. Even that cleanliness will have a direct impact
2: on
3: your spiritual focus. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. uh, We had seen a video last week in one of your in one of your groups that you'd held, and it was uh, I think the title of it was "How to live How to make certain you live a miserable life," something along those lines. And it started off with a couple of things that really struck a chord with me. Uh, Get up at any time you want to get up, and don't clean up your kitchen don't uh, don't get up and get dressed don't no boundaries no don't anything. make your bed don't make your bed all those things would wear the
2: same clothes you wore yesterday
3: exactly exactly all of which were, we're very much talking about in this and related to this regular exercise good nutrition kind of a thing because it's impossible to live a healthy good nutritional life in that kind of an environment get up when you want to get up don't make your bed don't clean all of those things are pointed out and i and i I took note of those things because those are all boundaries. And mm-hmm. we've talked about boundaries. That's been one of our episodes to talk about boundaries. And, and that has been such a an eye-opening experience for me to realize that I've lived a boundary-less life and as a result of that, find myself in this situation. Boundaries have very much an awful lot to do with maintaining a regular exercise and a good nutrition program. Those are boundaries. Those are things that we need to do in our life to live and be happy. And in the absence of those things, we do not we don't, we don't we don't experience that. So you find a lot of patients that come in the door, and you notice that. You see that. I, I'm assuming that you see that then on a regular basis with the clients that you see.
2: Sure. I, um, and again, you can you can derive a lot from um, the nonverbal appearance of a person, um, the affect, how they carry themselves, um, how well they've taken care of their hygiene or their cleanliness or anything that day. It gives us some real telltale um, information about where they're at emotionally, where they're at, uh, possibly in their recovery.
3: Very interesting. It's interesting to note that we were all evaluated in that fashion. I hope you were your Sunday best when you came in to see him, and
2: still are. <laughs>
1: all that means is better take a shower before you come in. Well, there have been some of those group nights. <laughs> <laughs> It was
3: interesting mm-hmm. that conversation actually came up after that discussion. Was uh, was how often should a shower be taken? And I remember, you know, others making comment of, well, how often would that be? And I was like, that has to be a daily thing. I don't yeah. see how anybody could not. That's a, yeah. uh, and maybe I deal with it specifically for some of my my medical issues that I deal with with my skin. But but I don't know how anybody could feel good about themselves without taking a shower every day. So.
2: I think if we look for opportunities to give ourselves that fresh start, maybe even numerous times a day. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you need to shower every day but or, or, or numerous times a day, but showering each day, bathing each day gives you a fresh start that day. Um, combing your hair a couple of times that day gives you a fresh start again. Uh, brushing your teeth after every meal, flossing after every meal gives you a fresh start. I think it's important for us in our recovery process to look for those moments where we, we give ourselves a leg up. Yeah,
1: and sense. and begin to view things like that as part of your recovery, to, to recognize that putting forth the effort to do those things to take care of myself is telling myself how i really think and feel about how i value myself yes yeah that was so eloquently spoken <laughs> that's
0: okay i mean it's it you know it's yeah it's really easy to run to mcdonald's and grab a hamburger it's cheap but you know it's easier and what's better for you to go and take the time to cook yourself a meal
3: it's interesting you bring that up and i'm going to share a story simply because yeah. we have a second here and i want to share this um I am not a McDonald's eater. Mm-hmm. I've discovered that uh, I find really no nutritional value in a McDonald's meal in any way. I, I don't think there is any. <laughs> ironically, ironically, I discovered after some years of, of working through recovery, I discovered that every time I acted out, I ate a McDonald's.
1: How interesting. There's
3: a really strange correlation there to, to come to the conclusion that after that experience, I think I experienced some level of shame and some lame, some level of, of of not feeling good about myself after the action that I had just committed. So that's and how you so to that, punish yourself? Uh, <laughs> it's just interesting that I was hungry. I had neglected the the meal oh, of the day. And the, the place I always found to, to eat immediately was McDonald's.
2: You know, it's uh, <clears throat> we mentioned in in a previous podcast about Dr. Karn's book, Don't Call It Love, yes. and the chapter that he has written in there on the addictive culture. Um one of the items that he listed in there as part of our addictive culture is we live in a very um, what's the word I'm looking for disposable society Uh, and he purposely lists out things like disposable diapers um, uh, fast food and, and styrofoam cartons and this disposable world that we live in and look how quickly and easily and seamlessly that fits into our addictive process right every time you acted out it was followed by, McDonald's, followed or by a, mcdonalds or preempted by mcdonalds or however that worked treating your time like it's disposable Yeah. sure it's another one of those pieces that leads back to uh, understanding how some of those secondary addictions happen and and how they feed our primary
3: i think ironically since then i don't believe i've had a mcdonalds since then my last acknacting out experience was was uh, several years ago, and in that experience, McDonald's. And then since then, I don't think I've had a McDonald's since then. Really? It's really, uh, it's the view I have of the kind of food that's there, and I, I for mm. whatever reason, it was acceptable at the point in time that I would be acting out, and it was literally always I had McDonald's afterwards. It's interesting. It was just a correlation that I made here just recently in some of these things we've been working through. Mm. So.
1: Well, I like their fries. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know what my wife does as well she's good. determined that they're the best fries around and if we're going to do fast food it's uh, let's get the hamburger at wendy's and the french fries at mcdonald's which i don't understand <laughs> i'll That's take chili over of that worry. any day the way <laughs> so
1: long and the short of it is
3: is uh take care
1: of yourself you're worth it Absolutely. go get some exercise yeah prepare some good meals get some
3: sleep those are all good things you know, a special shout-out to Shane tonight for joining us. That was uh, kind of you to spend some time with us and to walk us through these things. I know that you uh, you see these things more often or not than we do with uh, dealing with your client load, and, and so we appreciate you being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's always great to hang out with you guys and
2: swap some lies here and there, so <laughs> I, appreciate <you. laughs> I appreciate you inviting me along.
3: <laughs> All right. All right, I guess that'll wrap it up for another episode. This is Gary saying, uh, do the next right thing. And this is Mike saying, find the peace, do the work that recovery can bring. And this is Daniel saying, find the peace in your recovery.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12steppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEP-PODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.